You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Maybe I'm crazy, but Adam Sandler is the new Al Pacino. It's facts. It's facts. <laughs> Maybe I'm Casey, maybe I'm Casey, maybe I'm not. Welcome to the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. I'm Joy Taylor. Thank you for joining us this week. As I mentioned, Adam Sandler just decided to drop some heat on us on a Tuesday. You know, we just wake up after Chicago beating the awful Redskins and Kevin Garnett's an actor. And uh, my Princessa is a bookie. There's a lot happening, but we're going to talk about that later in the Culture Report. In review or preview, Mark Schlereth is going to join us today. Stink. He is a decorated offensive lineman, three-time Super Bowl champ, and I actually have some some big guy questions for him. I had some questions about some offensive lines out there that are getting blamed for some of the problems with specific teams, maybe the Browns for one, which some people don't seem to agree with me about. But uh, we'll talk to him about that, get his thoughts, plus he's been covering a couple games around the NFL, so he's seen a couple other teams up close, so we can get his thoughts on them, particularly the Bears. Talk about Cam Newton, uh, the Browns, as I mentioned. Daniel Jones is now the starter of the New York football giants and got a big win. The Eagles are giving us um, internet gold, but not necessarily winning games, which is what they're supposed to be doing. Michigan also stealing my time on a weekend. Don't appreciate that. Antonio Brown, um, we've got we've to have a real conversation about this Takashi person. So we'll talk about that later as well in the culture report. I mean, right. Like I can refer to him as whatever I want at this snitch point. Snitch nine. Yeah. Yeah. Snitch nine. nine. He is snitch nine. Um, but let's get started with Stink. Mark Schlereth joining us on the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. Stink. Thank you for joining us again. Yeah. Really my appreciate pleasure. it. It's always good to be on. You've been uh, you've been busy. You've done the car wash today. So you've been on like every show. Right. Did you undisputed? Uh, uh, no, I did not do undisputed today. Okay. I got, they were too busy for me, apparently. So I was supposed to be on today. But... Oh, really? Let's just sleep in a little bit. No, I'm on my radio show, so I was oh, here. At, right. I was here at, at 4 a.m. this morning. That's right. Yeah, I don't. I don't have those hours anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I am that, but I'm that old. So that's you know. You get up at four, oh, like regularly, even oh, when you every, don't have to work. Every day, I'm in the four o'clock hour. I'm feet are on the floor. To do what? Like if you're not working. I to drink coffee. Like, and like stare at the sunrise or oh you know i do a devotional every day and then i always have something to do so I, but i just wake up you get to the, uh, you get to an age where you just wake up like you get excited about like i get excited being on the road getting in the sheets by myself that's exciting right i got the whole <laughs> bed to myself i can kick the covers up i don't have to argue with anybody like i got space right that's exciting to me okay you get to an age where stuff like that's exciting what time do you go to sleep Oh, eight thirty, nine o'clock. That sounds so good. That, oh, it's like oh, in my <laughs> underpants and cold sheets. <laughs> so this good. is awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I don't go to sleep that early anymore, but I do. I still get probably the same amount of sleep. I'm not into the sleeping alone thing, though. So that's an old person thing. No offense. No, no. I mean, well, yeah. When, <laughs> no, no. I mean, like when you have the whole bed to yourself, that's kind of exciting, right? No. No. No, I'm a cuddler. Are you? Yeah. Oh well. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. All right, um, so you have covered a couple games for sure. Fox. You were at the Arizona uh, Lions game. Yes, I was. Which was a thriller that ended in a tie. How do you uh -huh. feel about ties? I hate ties. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not ideal. It's not an ideal way to end it. Like I would much rather end it so I could catch a flight. Usually, you know, you anytime you roll into overtime and you're calling a game, you're like, really? Can you guys get your shit done? Even get if it it's together. like an exciting game that goes into overtime. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, but you're yeah, there's there's a point where you start going. You're in the middle of the game. This is this is horrible. But you're in the middle of the game. and You start looking at your. You start packing stuff like in breaks. You're like packing up some of your stuff <laughs> that you don't need. You know, and you're like, okay, hope somebody you know ends this thing. And then you start checking your watch because you're like, shoot, I got a flight here in an hour, an hour, right. an hour and fifteen hour. You know. So, yeah, you, because everybody, like, they call it the escape when you do a game. So, as soon as a game's done, like, I always, with about two minutes left during the, the TV timeouts, I'm packing my stuff up so my thing, like, my bag is packed, right? Right. And then, bam, we bust out of there. We run to the elevators, go down to the trucks. Everybody, Everybody's 
stuff is loaded in a car and we've got a police escort outside. Right. And so you jump in the car, everybody goes, hey, great game, great, great game. Boom, you're off to the airport because everybody schedules their flight. Like if the game is supposed to be three hours, you always think, okay, it's going to go a little bit longer, maybe three hours and 15 minutes or whatever. So at that point you go, okay, what's the closest flight I can get without totally stressing myself out? It's like mm -hmm. a game. Yeah, like, it this sounds is like the a game within like the pure game. Adrenaline. Right, it is. You're adrenaline junkie. You're like, do I have pre-TSA? Let's get on this thing. Where's my clear? Let's roll, right? And so you're flying out, and then it just depends. Like sometimes I'm the guy that's in the bathroom too. Like if I have enough time, I'm in the guy in the bathroom in the men's room, just to, like, and everybody's walking in. I'm standing in my underpants, no socks, just standing there. Like, hey, how you doing? Because I take my suit off. I don't want to travel home in my suit. Oh, at the airport. At the airport. I have no idea where you were doing this. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay. No, not in the middle of the I'm airport, but I'm the guy. So, you know, stadium. it's shocking when you see me standing there in my so under. You, wait, Stink, come on. You don't just, you don't go in the stall? You just change in the middle of the bathroom like a yeah. child? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like a, like a kid. So you know people you, walk you know into the airport bathroom. You, you, could, you could possibly, if you're a well-traveled person, could possibly walk into the men's bathroom at said airport and see you in your underpants. In my underpants, no shirt I on, mean, and I am ever... yoked. By the way, I'm just absolutely yoked. You, I'm like I, a little on. kid. Do you leave your you socks on in. or you have your bare feet on these bathroom floors? No, I, I either stand on top of my tennis shoes that I'm about to put on okay. to put my socks on. Yeah. But it's not like I'm standing in front of the urinal naked with you no know, shoes on, right? Like, have you ever seen a person in the in the airplane? I mean, you're People never in the sans underpants, but right? Go into the bathroom with the what's that? You're not you 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 don't change the underpants, also, right? No, no, no. Just I'm okay. in my underpants. And not that it makes it any less weird. It's still 100 percent weird. But yeah, but yeah, like sometimes like guys level. guys walk in. I'm just standing there with shirtless, just in my underpants. Like, I hey. don't know what I would do if I walked into a women's restroom and somebody's just and in their the panties? woman was just in there in her underpants. Yeah, I'm not into weird stuff at airports or airplanes. I'm ready to go hands on at all moments. So any right. weird stuff is like it's available. I strike you. Do you ever see? <laughs> right. So if I see a woman, in a, I'm gonna have a lot. I'm gonna have questions immediately. I have to evaluate the situation and see how crazy it's about to get. I always because fighting like, naked people not fun. Right, but you see, people people are weird. Like people travel are weird. Like I watch, I've watched people go into the the uh, bathroom on an airplane. I'm on an airplane every week, right. multiple times a week, in their socks or with bare feet. So I always leave a little urine on the floor of every to of every. <laughs> I do. I just just for the person that goes in with their with their socks on or bare feet. I always leave a little bit. That's my urine on your feet. It's like marking your territory. Just up. for just for those people that do that. Or the guy who wears a tank top. Nobody wants to see your yeah. nasty armpits on the plane. I, I'm kind of. I, I'm not with the urine on the floor thing. It's super gross. It's sterile. But it's. <laughs> it is. The the people who wear shorts, like your butt, it's on the seat. There's been thousands like, of butts on like, the seat. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like people who wear open-toed shoes. Yeah. No, I don't want to see your feet. It's not even about seeing of the feet. It's the smelling of the feet. It's the fact I have to see your toe hair and the jam. I'm really out on feet and toenails to begin with, I'm or like any form of nail. On, if I'm I see just, a nail clipping, I might throw up. Like I saw a dude clipping his toenails on the plane just a, just not <gasps> more than six weeks ago, clipping his nasty ass toenails. I'm in jail on the plane. I'm in jail for show. I'm in jail. <laughs> I'm definitely uh, in jail. What uh, did you do? Uh, was, uh, uh, <laughs> were, you were you close to him? I was on the opposite side, and he's like, he's just big no old nasty. Wait, I. Don't believe Grizzly. I've no got pictures way. on my phone. There's no way. I have got. Did, oh, really? No there's no way. Okay. He's well, let me just show you. Because it's on, on my Instagram airplane? right now. Hold on. Let What's me just get to this. What's the person next to him doing? Uh, I'm vomiting, I guess. I don't know what the person. It was the. Hold on. Oh, just man. hang with me for a minute. Because I'm like sweating. That's so gross. It, it's did you say something to him? No, I was on the other thing, but I was just like, but like oh, what, what you do gotta... you mean you were on that? You were, so was, you were on the same aisle. No, the, he was op like a seat ahead of me or whatever, and I was back here on this seat. Okay, but just think, what if one of those clippings does a little a little fling thing, as toenails tend to do? Yeah, if the toenail hit me, then I would probably have to say something about it. But I was just so disgusted by it. <sighs> I've seen, I've seen that, but I've seen multiple people cut their fingernails on a plane. I mean, you're just cutting. You, you can't cut your, you can't cut your fingernails or nails in public. That's something you do in your own home and your right. own bathroom. 
and then you make a point to make sure that you get rid of all of them. I can't even see a clipped fingernail, let alone be in the presence of someone. Right. If they got, you should just plane. stick your finger. If you're the seatmate, just stick your finger. Pull a big booger out and just wipe it over on his area. Like, I don't, that's what you should do. I can't do. say on. Maybe not. Uh, you know, that's maybe a little. I extreme. can't say on wax I what talk. I would do to someone if they were sitting next to me and started clipping their toenails. What's the most yes. disgusting th thing one of your teammates has done on a plane? Well, I don't. You know, on a plane, I don't know. We we actually paid a guy. I'm not going to give you a name, but we paid a guy. So we have one guy on our team that just produced the most immense boogers like you could ever <laughs> imagine. Oh my and he would work it. So it'd be like one eye would shut and he'd be like knee deep in his nose. And then he just like really carefully and he'd have this <laughs> like it'd have a vein. It'd have its own Ew! like it'd have its own spine and central nervous system. Like he'd pull a booger out like that big. So we paid a guy to eat the other dude's booger. Shut up. Oh yeah, yeah. And it only took like we we raised it was I don't I think it was less than a hundred bucks. And it was one of the most disgusting things. Although <laughs> you know, it's just, I mean, it was this thing, had a, a heartbeat. Who seen, ate it? I'm not going to give you the names of the. What team? Of the, when I was with Denver. Was he on the offensive line? Look at you, just, you're just digging for information. I just need to know what position, it matters. Yeah. All right, so speaking of offensive lines, I do no. have a few football questions Okay, for you. good. Okay, so you've seen the clip in the fourth quarter, down 10, the Eagles offensive line just decided they were going to all retire at the same time. Mm, and then Carson yeah, I have seen that. Called. Yeah. What happened there? Um, well, again, this is this goes to me to the way you're coaching your football team. So they rush three, so you get double teams on the edge, and you got you know three guys or four guys blocking one guy. And what ends up happening is you're figuring that ball has to be gone after about four four and a half seconds. And so they basically just I call it playing with a body clock. Thousand one, thousand two, thousand three. That ball is gone, and it wasn't. And they just quit playing. And so I put that, like, it should never happen. But there's an old saying in the NFL or any any sport in general is you're either coaching that or you're allowing that to happen. And so I look back on that coaching staff and say, what are you guys teaching these guys? Why did all those guys basically just say, okay, our, our body clock says that that ball should be gone? And it wasn't gone. And so, like, that to me is – it's inexcusable. I get it. But now, as, as an organization, like everybody wants to now point the finger at Carson Wentz that Carson Wentz isn't any good, right? And there were seven drops in that game. Yeah. If all seven of those balls are caught, he's at 72 completion right. percentage. He, he threw two more touchdowns. Like, there's a lot you can look at and say, as a team, this isn't good enough. But it's the easiest thing in the world to do is point to Carson Wentz and say, oh, he sucks. You well, know? I don't think Carson Wentz sucks, but I do, no. think, I do think he should fight his entire offensive line. You think that you should, you should? Yeah. I mean, he got destroyed. Have you ever let, have you ever let, it looks like they let him got hit, get hit. No, no, they just, they just thought the ball was gone. That's, they, they are. So it's technically Carson Wentz's fault for not throwing it. No, I mean, it's not Carson Wentz's fault. Like I, I would say, I would say this, if you can hold it for six seconds and one of your receivers can't shake open, then your receivers suck. Like there's a, there's a, there, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different, every sack has a story. There's a story to be told, right? <laughs> and it's not always, hey, your offensive line sucks, or hey, your quarterback can't, holds it too long. There's a story behind every one of those. And in a in a team situation, every one of those sacks, there's somebody to blame. And when you roll through, like uh, I've been a part of an offensive line that you know you'll you'll get you'll get however many sacks you give up during a game, and not one of them is credited to one of the offensive line. It's credited to a quarterback. It's credited to a tight end. It's credited to a running back. It's credited to a, to coverage, so there's always like there's there's more to it than meets the eye than just all of them yeah. deciding to stop working. Right. What do you make of Cleveland's offensive line? Well, I mean, I think I don't think they've played well, but again, this is a Cleveland Brown a Cleveland Browns issue in general. Like, I think it's much easier to deal with, like it's much e easier to deal with failure. The human condition says that it's easier to deal with failure than it is success because when you have success, it's really easy to pat yourself on the back and tell you how good you are, right? right? And I think I look at the Cleveland Browns, and I was really concerned about them rolling into this year because 
Why? Because they were everybody's darling. They're supposed to win this. And, you know, Baker Mayfield's the greatest quarterback in the history of the game. And we just got Odell Beckham Jr. And, man, we're going to be so dynamic. And, um, and like, that's not how it works. Like, everybody's really talented. Obviously, some teams are more talented than others. But this is still the ultimate team game. And it's about everybody working together and understanding the value of everybody else. And if you don't, you know, I always, I always kind of compare it to marriage. Marriage isn't a 50-50 proposition. It's a 100-100 proposition. If I'm not giving 100% of myself to you and you're not giving 100% of yourself to me, then it's not going to work. It's not a 50-50 let's keep tabs on who's doing what. And same with a great football team. you got to be willing to sacrifice 100% of yourself for your team. And if you're not, then your team is not going to be as good as it could be. And so, you know, you look at the way they're constructed and, you know, everybody is into – I mean, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. comes on and introduces himself as, what did he introduce himself as? I'm him. A, I'm him. Yeah, I'm him. What does that mean? I'm him? I mean. Or, no, I think he said I'm the one or I'm. I think he said I'm him. I'm him? He said, like, he said Odell, I'm him. Yeah. Something like that? What, what does that mean? Well, I mean, Od- Odell, is a, Odell is a different dude. Like, Odell is about. Uh, his swag and right. personality. So and what is I? I'm. But that was the you, question. Do you have any with, idea that, that was the question means? with the Browns the whole time? Right. Like what? What are they going to be? I'm him. What does that mean? I'm him. The one who ain't won. Sh- is that? The, is that? The I'm him. I mean, he hasn't won. Sh- you're right about that. Okay. Well, you're defending him. I'm not defending him at all. I just I think that the Browns in general have a lot of problems, and it's correct. Like everything's kind of getting lumped See, on whatever com- you feel like, listen, like you want to put it on. Listen. Do you see this? Common ground, you and I. Yeah. We, we, we agree on, on com- a lot of things. We're on common ground right now. Like, you really want to find that picture. I do. I'm just thumbing through this. <laughs> right, it's driving me crazy <laughs> right now. I'll find it for you later. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm putting it away now. Look, I'll turn it upside down. Thank you. Okay? It no longer exists. That's all good. What, uh, you, so every, you were at the Lions-Cardinals game, which is how we spiraled into you being in your underwear and bur- boogers. Right. What, what am I supposed to make of Kyler Murray? I think Kyler Murray's an interesting cat. He's a, I mean, he, I, I think one... Um, he's always had a chip on his shoulder because of, of, you know, five foot nine and a half or five foot 10, whatever he measured out to be. Right. So I think there's always been this, you're not going to be good enough or you're not going to be big enough or you're not going to be whatever enough. And so I think he plays with an incredible chip on his shoulder. Um, he's accurate. He's dynamic. He has got an attitude of, I really don't give a crap what you think, which I think there's, there's power in that. Um, you know, it's kind of the old uh, wolves don't concern themselves with the opinion of sheep, and he's got plenty of that in him. So I think that's exciting. I think ultimately, though, you look at the way you uh, – again, this is NFL football, and it's different than, than college football. Is that form of offense and what they do kind of more spread and, and you know, the way they, they're in shotgun 90-whatever percent of the time, is that sustainable in today's NFL? And – my thought process is no, but again, I'm old. And so like, I, I don't buy, I don't buy into that. Remember like when Chip Kelly came into the league and was going to set the league on fire. Right. And he was going to revolutionize the league. And I was mm-hmm. totally like, this is never going to work. And they went 10 and six, I think the first year. And everybody was like, I told you so. And I'm like, no, you didn't tell me squat. Cause <laughs> this ain't going to work. Like magic milkshakes are not going to make your team good. Um, and uh, eventually What ends up happening is there's this battle of attrition that goes on. So I broke it down, the number of plays that the defense had to play. On average, if you average is, you know, 65 plays a game, if you're averaging 75 or 80 that you have to defend, by the end of the first quarter of the season, the first four games of the season, you've essentially played five games. So in a 16-game season, because the way that offense operates, you have to play 20 games on defense. Mm. And there's just not enough players. Yeah. You just don't have a big enough roster. So the complementary nature of football says it's an unsustainable format. And I look at the same thing. You know, they got into a, a goal line situation. They ran seven offensive linemen in the game because they don't have tight ends and they don't carry fullbacks. You know, they're, that, that's what they are. And now all of a sudden, I got a 325-pound offensive lineman running the back line of the end zone going, look, I'm open, you know? And I'm like, no, you're not. You're fat. 
right? I mean, that's just <laughs> the way it works. Right. So, you know, I it, it, to me, there's a bit of a gimmick. Yeah, and it's, it. that's kind of how I've I've felt about it too. It's not. I'm always rooting for the new thing to kind of take a little hold. Right. I, but I also think like as far as the offenses and and Kyler Murray's size and Baker and it's like the NFL in general is at this this. I don't know what the word is, but there's some confusion as to what the prototypical quarterback should be because the way the draft's been going, you've got Baker, you've got Kyler, sure. and it's like these—it's trending towards smaller skill, and then everyone's out on Cam Newton. But then the guys who are still being consistent and winning are kind of on the on the bigger side. So what is it? What is the answer? Yeah, well, I think I think the answer in the NFL, I think that there's a couple of things that change. Obviously, you don't have a wide side of the field. The hashes are together, right? So you can't just outrun everybody to the wide side right. of the field. And so when you get into those formations, the three-by-one or the two-by-two, two, you don't have a big side of the field where you have more space. It's it, The field's the same width, but it's condensed because everything's played in the middle of the field. Right. So there's a there's a difference in, in the way the field's constructed. Um, obviously, you don't have as many players to choose from. And so it's hard to operate that way because of just the condensed number of players you have on your roster. So all those things. Here's the other thing that, that to me, it makes it really hard. When you run everything out of shotgun, so when everything's behind the line of scrimmage, you eliminate, let's just call it, I don't know the exact number, but let's call it 40% of your run plays you eliminate. And it's really hard. It's it's really becomes difficult to tie um, play action. What makes offense is really good and dangerous um, is when your run game is completely married to your play action game and they look identical. It's hard to do that at a shotgun. The other thing that happens to you in shotgun runs is offensive linemen. When you think about this, if I'm running a ball from underneath center, you snap it to me, quarterback turns, the running back is already running toward him, right? And you hand it off. There's a mesh point there, a couple of yards behind the line of scrimmage. Right. And now you're attacking the line of scrimmage. When you run out of shotgun, I got to wait for the snap. I got to have you by my side, and then I hand you the ball. And then you're still five yards behind the line of scrimmage. <laughs> right. So that mesh point takes longer. Well, we're not developing offensive linemen in this league that can block people. I mean, it, because of the college system. So now you're saying, hey, we've, we're deficient as offensive linemen. We haven't worked on the skill of playing because we've eliminated contact from a, a contact sport because we're so afraid of the narrative that's been created by everybody outside of football that, right. oh, it's dangerous and, you know, you're going to freak out and get CTE. Like, that's the narrative that we've allowed to be established from people outside our league, which is bullshit, but we've let it happen, right? And now, all of a sudden, when you hand that off, you're, you're handing it off and you're five yards behind the line of scrimmage and there's an extra second and a half that you have to have unskilled players as offensive linemen because they haven't been allowed to work on their craft. You have to allow them to block for a second and a half longer. Well, guess what? They can't. And the and the defensive players on the other side of the field are so much more gifted. Right. So, like, there, like, there's so many reasons I get into why I don't think it'll work. So I'm like the rest of you, though. Let, let let's see. I mean, let's sit yeah. And I mean, watch it's, what it's, happens. It's premature. And I'm not, but... again, I'm not like I like the kid. You know, and, and I want everybody to have success. I just have certain beliefs that go, I don't think it's going to happen, but, you know, I'm willing to watch. Something else I didn't think was going to happen was the Bills being good. And they look pretty impressive through the first three games. So am I wrong on the Bills? Because I really don't, I don't really believe in Josh Allen like that. Well, I don't, I think, jo here's the thing about Josh Allen. I think that Josh Allen won. I think the whole accuracy thing coming out, like, it's real to a point, but have you ever been to Laramie, Wyoming? Um, no, can't say that I have. Right. Um, and, you know, don't book it anytime soon. Sorry, <laughs> Wyoming folks. But, like, I went there. So, I went there to film this thing right after I retired for National Geographic. Okay. Okay. Um, it, that's a whole other story. They compared me to a dinosaur. And they have a big I don't dinosaur. Think that's a yeah, they have a big dinosaur in, in their museum library thing, right? And it's pretty cool. So I go to the airport. It's 75 degrees in Denver. It's like a beautiful May day. And my flight gets canceled because of wind advisories in Laramie. So it's about a two and a half hour drive. So I'm talking to the National Geographic. I go, I'll just drive. It's fine. I'll just drive up there, right? Jump in my truck. I drive up to Laramie. 
I get out of my truck and it's 38 degrees and freaking blowing sideways. Like the wind, con- it's like a big wind tunnel. It's It should be, it's, Laramie, Wyoming should be a science experiment is what it should be. <laughs> um, so one, like, I think it's really hard to recruit guys to come up there and say, hey, you want to come to Laramie and catch the ball as a wide receiver? You're like, mm, no, I don't. Right. I'd rather go anywhere else. And it's probably hard to throw in that as well. Yeah, and I think the environment. And then plus, you know, their coaching system or their their philosophy, they ran a system that was more pro style where it's more five and seven step drops and really driving the ball down the football field as opposed to, you know, the college game that we see today where it's all about throwing eight bubble screens and a couple other, you know, a couple other swing passes. And, and next thing you know, you're 20 for 20, you know, before you even start the game. So um, that said, Josh Allen's an incredible athlete. He's got a big time arm. I think there are some accuracy issues. But they make up for those the way they play the game. They are physical. They are nasty. They control the lines of scrimmage, and their defense is outstanding. So that's how they're going to win. That said, Patriots will go up there and beat them by 20. You yeah. know, that's just the way it works. That is how it works. So when they pitched you on the dinosaur thing, yeah. you, you weren't, like, offended? I think if some if they were like, we want to compare you to, like, a, a raptor or T-Rex, yeah, I, mean, I could get so behind that. that. Kind of, that was, yeah, that was what well, it which, was. Which, which, well, well, the whole, which dinosaur the whole, it is matters. Right, yeah. The, the whole pro, the whole principle of that was that that this particular dinosaur died from an injury. Like, it's like the T-Rex. It's like the, the alpha male dinosaur, the, the big hunter or whatever. Right. But the whole point was the battle of attrition that is playing in the NFL and how injuries will like eventually end your career yeah these minor things in this particular dinosaur they speculated that a toe infection actually killed this dinosaur like it got to the point where it could not defend itself anymore and then all the little raptors ate it or whatever it was you know toe infection what yeah. but so was it a fierce dinosaur or it was like a hippo dinosaur no like? no it was like a it was like a t-rex oh was yeah. it a t-rex or it was like a t-rex well it was one of those it was t-rexy it's a T-Rex. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it was a it was a badass dinosaur, yeah, short but it had the like short that. arms. Yeah, short arms. Yeah, T-Rex. I mean, you know. Yeah, it was something like that. It I had to know. it had to evolve. It didn't it didn't make right. it. All right, so the toe infection got it. What's the worst injury you've had? Because you have had a lot of you've had how many surgeries? Twenty nine. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's stupid. I can't. I, I'm not a big surgery person. Um, I tore my ACL and that ended my soccer career forever. Right. Um, and now I do the elliptical, and yoga. And that was one ACL injury. So uh-huh. 29 injuries. Uh-huh. What's the worst one you've ever had? Well, I like the ACL was like I tore my ACL in college and I actually tore it in the third quarter and played the rest of the game on a torn ACL. And it was exceptionally painful when I tore it. And I limped off the sideline and kind of just caught my breath and then I went back out and played. And then, um, then I got really hammered. And then I, um, I woke up the next day and was like, literally, I couldn't get out of bed. So, you know, you knew you did something really bad. Right. Um, and that was that was incredibly painful. And the surgery back then was, you know, the, you, they used to say you do more damage fixing it than you did yeah, hurting it. Right? I don't even understand how that made sense. So yeah. When you look at, like, do you have a whole, you have the whole slice on your knee? Oh, yeah. 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 Mine is like, a th- like three little dots. They used to cut open your whole leg. Yeah, they used to cut your whole leg open. And so... Yeah, I mean, those – I've had a bunch of, like, six microfracture surgeries because I don't have – so, like, you have the cartilage pads in, in your knee, right? The, right. the shock absorbing – those are all gone in my knee because I've torn them all out. And so then your bone is covered with uh, a, a, what they call articular cartilage. So it's the covering of the bone. So it would be like if this table – if this was a formica, formica table – you take the formica off and expose the wood. Right. And so microfractures, they go in there and drill holes into the bone and try to scar over all that articular cartilage that's gone. So if you look at my knee, I've actually got a picture of my x-rays on my knee. Somewhere in that phone. Wait a minute. I could probably find this one. Hold on. Time out. Time out. I think I can find this one. Hold on. I'm going to show you. This is that's There's a picture of of my left knee you see that you can see the screws in it and you can see where there's no space in it yeah it doesn't i'm not a doctor right but that doesn't look good but if you played one on tv you'd say your knee is messed up say, uh, Mr. Schlereth. yes um yeah that's, so that, those so you have two screws how'd they get the one like right in the middle i don't know that's the that's an acl deal Ugh. so 
What do you think of so Gronk? Obviously, there's Andrew Luck just retired, mm. which uh, I don't know your opinion of, but like I don't have any problem with that if he feels like he can't play everything right. that you're talking yeah. about is traumatizing, even listening to, let right. alone actually having to experience it. Uh, Gronk obviously had a ton of injuries yeah. and he was talking about the other day and was talking about cbd oil so what do you think about if the the nfl eventually moving into the legalizing marijuana and cbd treatments for for players obviously eventually it's going to be legal around the country right but do you think that the nfl will adapt it? i think the nba will eventually get there sooner than I, the nfl you know i i think i think eventually they will um i don't know why they wouldn't i, I just think it's I think it's ridiculous if there is information out there and it can help guys, then I don't see what I don't see what the holdup is. And it's legal in, you know, multiple states. I don't understand why they wouldn't use that as an alternative as opposed to alcohol and opiates and all that. Well, yeah, as opposed to like like taking a handful of Vicodin before you walk out on the field. Where are you this week? Are you are you doing a game this week? Yeah, I've got uh, I've got Seattle at Arizona. So I'm back on the Kyler Murray uh, train. That's a that's an interesting game because Kyler Murray is continuously compared to Russell Wilson, which I think I think Russell Wilson is the most disrespected uh, quarterback probably ever because he's Why? he's great and he does not get enough credit for how good he really is. He is a, he's he's a you know he is one of those guys and I love this about him. He is a um, he happens to be an exceptional. He's a he's a great quarterback who happens to be an exceptional athlete. And right. a lot of the problem with college football nowadays is they take exceptional athletes and they, they try to make them into quarterbacks. Yeah. He's a quarterback first that happens to be an exceptionally gifted athlete. And I don't think they've I don't think they've done a great job outside of supporting him. You know, O line, receivers, all that stuff. That's kind of why we've gotten to see what a great right. athlete he is. And he's he's incredible. He's he's uh I love Russell. He's such an old soul type of guy. When you talk to him, he just is like he's so just low-key unless he's doing a video for sierra and then he's really low-key he's super low-key on the i mean sierra. he changes his voice you don't you don't you don't know who lizzo is so you're probably not you're not probably not paying attention to the the instagram videos no it's okay well we'll check that game out all right thank you for joining us and for uh just as a note just mm-hmm. maybe toss like a light robe in your bag when you're traveling so you don't have to flash everybody in the bathroom at the airports listen you know what? When you got it, you flaunt it. Okay, well. Looking's for free. Touch is going to cost you. <laughs> Thank you, Stan. You got it. Are you ready for what's ahead? You can't always predict the future, but you can game plan for it. Generations of families and businesses have harnessed the power of Pacific to help them reach their unique goals. Whether you need to save enough money to meet your needs, ensure your family is protected, or make sure you don't run out of money, Pacific Life has a variety of financial solutions that can help. Pacific Life counts more than half of the 100 largest U.S. companies as its clients and has been named one of the 2019 world's most ethical companies by Ethisphere Institute, protecting what matters most to people for 150 years and counting. That's the power of Pacific. Ask a financial professional about how Pacific Life can help you game plan for your future or visit pacificlife.com. With it. With it. We about to turn up in Thank you to Mark Schleritz. Thank for joining us again. Appreciate that. Heller, what am I winning or quitting today? All right. The Giants finally looked big on Sunday with Daniel Jones at the helm. The number six overall pick threw for 336 yards and two touchdowns while running in two more TDs with Saquon on crutches. Watching from the sideline. Joy, the Giants should have started Danny Dimes week one. Quit it or quit it. With it, Daniel Jones should have started week one. Uh, like I said, he should have been in there from the jump. And I'll be honest, I was wrong with the draft. So was everyone else except for the Giants. So, you know, big winners for the Giants front office there. Congrats. You got it right uh, for one game at least. Gettleman or gentleman? Gentleman. Gentleman. Is it Gettleman? Dave Gettleman? I love that anyway. bit. It's one of my favorite bits. <laughs> Um, but the point is, Daniel Jones should have started from week one, which is what I always say when you draft a rookie quarterback in the top ten in the NFL draft. You should start in week one because otherwise, what are you doing? Uh, Eli Manning is not good. He hasn't been good for like four years now. You benched him for Geno Smith. Remember that happened? I know it was McAdoo. We try to forget that that even existed, but it did. And Daniel Jones should have been out there. You're not gonna. What, what did he learn in those first two weeks from sitting behind Eli Manning? The, the, what what not to do? 
Maybe, I guess. Uh, look, look, Saquon Barkley not, that has nothing to do with the situation. Like, obviously that sucks. Saquon Damn. is a superstar, and you would have loved to see Saquon out there alongside Daniel Jones for the start of Daniel Jones' career. We're not going to see that. He's going to be out for eight, year, eight, eight years, eight weeks. Oh, God, don't um, say eight no, years. Eight oh, weeks. Oh, my gosh. Eight weeks. He'll be back this season, according to Saquon. Um, we'll see. It's a high ankle sprain. But the point is he should have been out there from the beginning. And I... I I I don't understand. I just need someone to explain to me this mentality. Like it happened with with Hugh Jackson and Baker in Cleveland. You had a nice explanation for it when he was on with us. I think it had more to do with the front office. Uh, I mean, he was saying it's like you know you can't say that this is this guy's team and then change your mind. I feel like you're the head coach. You can make those decisions anytime you want to, uh, or you're the front office. So you can make the decision anytime you want to. But I do think there's a value to saying this is your team. In training camp, this is your team all the way through preseason. You're the guy. You're the leader. Let's go. Obviously, the season's not over. Eli Manning is handling it with class, as, of course, he's expected to. Uh, Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. I, If you disagree, I'm sorry to inform you. It's not gonna ha- he's not going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Dude's going into the Hall of Fame. All right? It's just – it's happening. He has two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs, and he beat Tom Brady in his prime I mean, in both of them. It's better than Namath, so he'll probably get in there, but – I mean, I get it. He's not his brother, but he's he is he's a Hall of Famer. He's he's on the the the, the he's on the curve. He's on the, the little. He's like right here, but he's in. He's like right there. This is not Hall of Fame. This is him, but how he's about, in. How about this? He gets in if the bust is Eli, full Eli face. Like if he looks like he's about to make a whimpering sound in his bust, he could be in there. That's like that's the trade off. I think so. I think he'd probably think take fair. it. Yeah, he'd probably take it. But the point is, like Eli had a great career. Hall of Fame career, whether you like it or not, and whether the stats support it or not. And, and the, the, the NFL Hall of Fame is not really the Hall of Fame that does that, the guys that shouldn't get in. That's the NBA, but he's going to be in regardless. Anyway, Daniel Jones won in dramatic fashion. He was running. He was mobile. He looked young. He looked strong. He's the guy. And I, I don't want to overreact this next to the next couple weeks because he's, he could struggle. I mean, they have the Redskins at home, and they have the Vikings at home. So at least they're home for the next two games so he can get some momentum going. But – it's the Daniel Jones era in New York. I said it from the beginning. It should have been his his team. I, I never understand what these these two games. We just got to see for two more games. We have to see what Eli Manning if, he, if he's got it. Just two more games. We'll figure it out. It's just like you did. You, you you just why why? What is the explanation? Just to lose two games. Yes. Now he now you really wanted right, to you, lose those two right. games. And now this dude's in the hole for two games. And even if he goes on a, a crazy run, let's say gonna... Eli sucked in those two games and they won both of them. Is it still Eli's what, job? Yeah. What does Daniel Jones have something more to learn from sitting behind Eli in that spot? It's just really frustrating. But I'm glad that it's finally Daniel Jones' team, and I look forward to seeing what he can do and see how wrong we all were about reacting to the draft. Or maybe we'll be right, and this was a huge disaster, and they lose every game for the rest of the season. Who knows? But at least they at least they made a decision. Time for Dwayne, make a decision. Time for Dwayne Haskins to get in there too, probably, huh? That's not gonna happen. Yeah, but Jay Gruden is gonna ride off into the sunset. With Case Keenum. Week eight. Um, All right, what's next? Cool. Uh, Switching to last year's quarterback news, Baker Mayfield and the Browns uh, lost a very winnable game to the Browns at home on Sunday night. To the Rams, yeah. That's the Browns? You did say Browns. That's okay. Baker Mayfield and the Browns lost a very winnable game at home. To the Rams. To the Rams. (laughs) On Sunday night. That was on Sunday, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Second read troubles. Uh, Cleveland drops a one and two, heading into a rough week at Baltimore. Joy, the Browns need an identity even more than they need a win. Wit it or quit it. Wit it. I have no idea what the Browns are. Before the season, they were young and fun and expectations and Odell and Baker and commercials and Jarvis Landry and uh, Miles Garrett and Freddie Kitchens is a tough Ohio guy. Where's the hat? Looks like he drives a truck. Probably does drive a truck. I mean, you kind of got to, you have to have a truck out there. You know, the roads get really bad in the winter. It just makes more sense to have four wheel drive. But the point is, everyone is now overreacting to them being one and two, which is stupid because the Browns have a really rough schedule and a start to the season. We knew that. But the struggles that they're having are what's more confusing. I don't think this is entirely Baker's fault. Obviously, he's holding the ball too long. The play calling needs to change. He he Rex Ryan like freaked out and was like he's overrated and uh, he's slow and he basically he panics in in the pocket and tries to improvise. He is right about the slow part. Um, Baker's slow for his position and for the NFL. Like not regular people slow. 
regular people, Baker will beat you running backwards. But Unless you're the police. True. This has been on tape that he's True. not the fastest. Not debatable. The tape. Not, yeah, it's his worst tape. I've, yeah, I've maintained yeah, we talk about it's tape the worst, a lot. It's the worst yeah. thing he's put on tape. Um, but he is slow, and, and relatively speaking. So call more slants, run the ball. Obviously, the play calling at the end of that game was a disaster, but the whole reason why we're freaking out is because that was a winnable game. Now, I knew the Rams were going to win because I know everything, but the the way that they lost that game was ugly. You don't – what fourth and nine draw is not – That's everyone knows that's not what you call. It's not – and he's admitted it, like that was a mistake. But it's it's kind of like, well, if, if, if it's so obvious that that wasn't the call, why'd you call it? Thought, thought they were going to outsmart everyone you, who had ever had a fourth and nine. Are you guy in the room or yep. what? And then no no running the ball on four downs at the goal line with three timeouts is it's inconceivable. It's a, it, inconceivable <laughs> that you would do that. It's it's erroneous. And no one has any idea what Freddie Kitchens is doing because Freddie Kitchens doesn't know what he's doing. And that's nope. okay because he's never been a coordinator before. So why would anyone expect this to go any differently? And this is what always bothers me about organizations that hire inexperienced coaches for the purpose of maintaining control over the organization. It's and I'm not saying that's the entire reason why, but it did appear that this was Baker's choice. Baker is in his second year in the NFL. He's not Tom Brady. He's not Aaron Rodgers. Okay. He's in his second year. He shouldn't be making he, his opinion about who the head coach should be should not matter that much. He's gonna be there for a while no matter what. Maybe you hire an experienced guy to get this the ship out of the harbor. What's Mike McCarthy doing? Is he busy? And then, I'm not saying fire Freddie Kitchens because we all know he's they're, they're going to fire Freddie Kitchens. Like we know that, right? Yep. They're going to fire him. That's, a, that's what they do. Yeah, yeah, that's what they do. Baker's on his third head coach in his second year. Remember, Hugh it, had to jump in that frozen lake just to keep his job. They have no identity. Like uh, the identity is they're the Cleveland Browns. Still, still they're are still the Cleveland Browns until we've seen otherwise. And I don't want to overreact. And Baker's saying, you know, no one should panic. And and, and he's right. They shouldn't panic. But they're going to panic because of the Cleveland Browns and because you had unrealistic expectations in the situation to begin with. And I like Freddie Kitchens and I'm rooting for him. Uh, I, I, I don't I don't think that this he he is showing his inexperience, but that's because he's inexperienced. So if you're an experienced coach and you're making decisions like this, then it's like, OK, what what's going on here? Like, is there a disconnect with Baker? It can't all be his fault. And I don't think I think there's plenty of blame to go around. The offensive line is clearly not not great, which is why Baker feels pressure to run out. And and just as a note, Baker, the, the end zone's that way. So the continuously <laughs> running in the other direction and throwing off your back foot like you're not Aaron Rodgers. Baker's a very accurate quarterback when he sits there and gets it out. But it when the pocket is pressing on you and you start to feel panicked and you feel like you can use your legs. I mean, you're not going to outrun he's, Aaron Donald. It's just most people don't. He's taking too many hits. That's why Aaron Donald. He's taking too many hits. It's not even that he's taking too many hits. He's he's throwing these insane passes that, that no one could catch and no one could make. Like, Aaron Rodgers makes those in playoff games in crunch time. That's when you make, the, that's when you make that throw. They should not be a regular season game throw for no, for no reason when you're in the game against yeah. the Rams. Like, sit there and be, be mechanical. Like, do what you do. But he's not able to do what he does because – he doesn't have the pieces around him right now. And it's not that he doesn't have – we know he has Odell. We know he has Jarvis. And everyone's panicking about Odell not getting the ball in the end. I get it. Like, I could live with them throwing to Odell four times and him not getting it, and that's how they lose because it's Odell. Right. You got to try, though. Gotta Especially try when you do what you did and that didn't work either. Right. Uh, they were saying on the broadcast, I thought this was interesting, that, like, there's maybe some concern that Odell and Jarvis – aren't running the routes exactly as they had all planned them to run. Um, do you see Do you see that? Do you feel that? Or does Baker just need to hit him no matter what? I mean, if an analyst who has watched football for 30 years knows their plays and then watches it and Odell and Jarvis are not running the routes they're supposed to run, then sure. But I think for us, you know, that's probably a little bit of speculation. Yeah. Unless that's actually coming from a source like Baker, Yeah. you know, or the offensive coordinator. But so I'm not going to dig that deep, but I do think that they still lack an identity. They they have no rhythm on offense and they're still the Browns like that's the, that's their identity. They're still the Browns until you prove to me otherwise. I'm st- I still think that they're an exciting team. I think it's better to be exciting and bad than boring and bad, but they got to get it together and quick. And I, I don't want to overreact to the first couple like first part of the season because we knew they had a rough season. But man, uh, that was something, huh? Yeah. Browns that's not the Browns. way you want to lose. Not the way you want to lose. Hear ye, hear ye. I am petty. I am him. 
LaMelo Ball is trending everywhere today because there's a, there's a big article out now that all of the NBA teams, after seeing how great he is uh, down under, that he could possibly be the number one overall pick. Too bad Earl said that like two years ago, um, that he was going to be the best ball, ball brother and the number one overall pick, and everyone's like, what do you mean? Like, you could see it in the JBA. You could see the talent level that he had. He was obviously very raw. Um, most of you probably didn't watch any JBA games, but um, while you're too busy clowning on LeVar, he's back. LeVar's back. Undefeated. Never lost. Never lost. <laughs> never lost. Um, he, the only thing he is wrong about is, uh, well, a couple things, but he's he's right about LaMelo. He was right about he was right about Lonzo, and he is right about LaMelo. LaMelo put on a show. There were 27 scouts down there uh, in Tasmania. He had 20 points, 13 rebounds, and 7 assists. I mean... You can you can tell just watching the videos of him. He is he's a gym rat. Like he loves ball, and he he's gonna be great. Like he's and he's swaggy and has his own personality. Lavar is behind the scenes with him. He is going to be a superstar in the NBA, and he's gonna be the number one overall pick. Um, I just want to know because I'm looking for y'all. Where's everyone uh, yelling and screaming about how stupid Lavar is for making him play pro instead of college? Uh, where is, where are you? Um, y'all just going to ghost on, uh, about, uh, the NBA teams have now decided that he's going to be number one overall pick. Like now you're just going to ghost. That's what's happening. I, I just think it's silly that everybody was so dramatic about how this was going to turn out and he's playing in Lithuania and look, none of that's ideal. Like obviously it would be cool to see him with a college team, but that's not the path that they chose and they're still winning. So I, I just, I just think it's funny that everyone wants to leave me on red now that he's killing it. Undefeated, never lost. We told you about this. Earl was so 100% right about this so long ago. Everyone is so late. It's not a hot take. You're, you're, you're way late to the scene on the, on the LaMelo ball. Like, if you think you're the person that's like, oh, my God, LaBe <laughs> yeah. LaMelo ball is totally the number one overall pick yeah. in the NBA draft 2020, you're mad hella late. I was scouting Australian basketball the other night on Reddit, and I, I mean, found look, out if you that were, LaMelo if you is were actually at, pretty good. <laughs> right. If you were at the JBA games, holla at me. Like, respect. But you probably weren't. And you probably were trashing the JBA and we probably were. talking all that mad noise. And so you're late. Like, it's cute. Welcome aboard. There's already people on the bandwagon. Just want to just want to make sure that everybody knows that you're late. If you want to know how late you were, you could dig deep, 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 deep into the Maybe I'm Crazy uh, Instagram archives and find the dope mashup we cut you of Mello balling out of JB, JBL game one. Don't I, worry about it. Exactly. And you probably JBL. won't because you didn't feel like doing that much research to begin with. So a, a couple scrolls down the Maybe I'm Crazy timeline is probably too much for you to do anyway. I'm really talking mad hella shit right now, but it's, <laughs> when, 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 I'm, when I'm so far ahead of the game, when we're so far ahead of the game on something, I feel like it's necessary to say. this. I'm so dedicated to being right about this. I spent about 15, 20 minutes looking for an appropriate year late GIF to tweet about this, and I chose not to tweet it because I couldn't find the proper GIF to emphasize how late everyone is on this. Sticking with GIF, huh? Is it GIF? I think gentlemen, you... gentlemen, gentlemen, <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> That's my favorite. Some people think that all diet and weight loss plans are the same, but that's because they haven't tried Noom. Noom is a new, totally different approach to losing weight and getting healthy that uses psychology and small goals to help you change your habits, making it easy to lose the weight and keep it off for good. Noom combines the power of technology with real human support, offering as little or as much help as you want along the way. And since Noom is an app, it's always with you and it's easy to use, which makes it super easy to stay on track and reach your goals. It's just as simple to get started. Just go online, you answer a few quick questions, and they'll create a personalized program just for you. So Noom can help you lose your old way of thinking about food and dieting. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com slash podcast, N-O-O-M.com slash podcast, and start your 14-day trial today. Change your habits, change your mind, change for good with Noom. All right, hi, Key. Cam Newton is probably done in Carolina, and low-key, he's very misunderstood. So he's injured. He was out last week, and, of course, Panthers looked amazing. Kyle Allen, that guy, was out there 
slinging it like Mahomes, smacking the Cardinals 38 to 20, had 261 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, 85.5 QBR, 73 completion percentage. I mean, it's it's everything the Panthers could dream of. Camping out, and then their new guy comes in and has an amazing game. Granted, it was against the Cardinals, but regardless, you win the games you play. Cam is out again this week against Houston. He has a Liz Frank injury, which is uh, also known as a Liz Frank fracture. So it's an injury of the foot in which uh, one or more of the metatarsal bones, metatarsal, multiple T's in there. I don't know. I think it's metatarsal. Metatarsal. I said it right the first time. I'm a doctor. Um, it's displaced from the tarsus. Ow. I don't know what it is, but it's lots of bones <laughs> not where they're supposed to be. So it sounds painful. Um, but it's now become open season on Cam because all of a sudden he's washed up and he never lived up to expectations and he's always hurt and. I just disagree. I just fundamentally disagree with the narrative on Cam Newton. I think Cam Newton is a superstar, and he has regressed. And he, the game has changed, and his type of game is not what works in the NFL anymore. You have to be accurate. You have to be uh, skill oriented first, and that's not what Cam is. Cam is a giant specimen of a person who bulldozes people. And play with his, put his body out there, and now he's injured. Now, we all knew that this wasn't sustainable, which is anytime a running quarterback comes into the league, we get nervous because of what's, what we've seen happen to Cam Newton. Cam was a league MVP, he had an MVP season, and went to a Super Bowl. You wouldn't say that Matt Ryan is a disappointment, would you? Only now. Okay, but like, is, are people freaking out that Matt Ryan's not playing well? No. Like, it, it's the only reason that people talk about Cam the way that he does is because he's so interesting and because he's such a good athlete and because he's a star. That's the only reason why he gets the the hate that he gets. He's a three-time pro bowler, first-team all-pro in 2015, obviously MVP, NFL Offensive Player of the Year, like, Rookie of the Year, SEC champ two times, uh, Heisman Trophy winner. Like, he's had an incredible career and has enough, by, by no means or measurements been a disappointment. Carolina was in the, in the playoffs four years in a row. They went to a Super Bowl. Do you know how, do you know what I would do to, for the Dolphins to have this, the streak that, that the Panthers have had with Cam Newton? It's like, I understand that you have these certain expectations of him, but that's you. Like, that doesn't mean that his career has been a failure. And people give him a hard time because – you know, he's into fashion and this, this whole idea that he's like distracted and he's got all these other things going on. So does everyone like any. OK, but for that matter, then no one should do a commercial. Nobody says Aaron Rodgers is distracted. He's had like 75 State Farm commercials with that annoying ass agent, dude. Stop doing that one. It's terrible. I hate that one. Aaron Rodgers is so good in commercials. He's got this cornball. My agent has an app. And then they put in Patrick Mahomes in this mess. Yeah, they're dragging him in there quick. Yeah, like State Farm's better than that. They have really good commercials. And that those are not those that streak of ones, we're gonna redo those. The point is, nobody says Aaron Rodgers is distracted. When Aaron Rodgers isn't having when he's when he's injured because he's running around taking hits he shouldn't take, nobody's nobody's saying that he has too much going on off the off the field. It's just there's a specific reason why Cam Newton gets the hate that he does. And it, and it's not fair. Like he's not been in trouble off the field. He had that one incident with the reporter uh, laughing at the routes question. Okay, like I think we've all moved on from that. As disrespectful as it was, like that situation kind of played out in its own special way. And if we're pulling every bad card on anyone ever, there's a bunch of quarterbacks. We're not way doing that. We're not mistakes. pulling every bad right, card. That's my pulling, point. Yeah. Like he, he, the days of being a specimen, six foot six, Cam Newton esque quarterback are over. No one cares about that. You have to be accurate first. And be an athlete while also being not injury prone. That's not what Cam Newton is. But then you have the people who are like, well, he shouldn't play like that. He shouldn't take those hits. But in the Super Bowl, he didn't lay his body on the line for the turnover. Like, what is it? You can't have it both ways. You, you, you really can't. It's like Cam Newton has had an incredibly successful career. I don't know if it's over or not. Like, I, don't, I think he's, his time in Carolina is done. And sometimes you just need to move on. I, he might have some success somewhere, somewhere else for a few more years. I don't know because his body is failing him. But this idea that Cam Newton is this colossal disappointment and he's a selfish guy and all he cares about is wearing scarves and fancy hats. Like, just relax, all right? Cam is ahead of his time when it comes to fashion and swag and commercials and, 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 and being like a visible, actual superstar quarterback. He was ahead of his time in that in that way, and then the game has passed him as far as physicality and accuracy. But Cam Newton has not had a – he has had nothing less than an incredibly successful career. Carolina fans should be incredibly grateful for the stretch that they've had. Don't be ungrateful. 
the, the football gods remember when fans are ungrateful. So that's 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 a warning for you, Panthers fans. Yeah, you want Kyle Allen? You might just get him. Exactly. Careful what you wish for. Although that was that was a great game, though. I mean, backup quarterback's the best job ever. Best. The best the job best. ever. Woo! We're all in the wrong business. Everyone wants you to play, but you don't have to do anything. Right. And then if you get out there and you're not successful, it's like, well, you're, you're the, backup. the backup. That's why he's the backup. But if you get out there and the other teams, you know, the Cardinals, and you ball out in a great circumstance. No, right, like, hey. let's see what happens in the next couple weeks. So, high key, the Steelers are done. Low key, the era of Ben is done too. I've been saying it and 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 saying it. You need talent to win in professional sports. Who to thunk it? I'm a genius. What do you know? What do you know? Juju Smith-Schuster is not as good as Antonio Brown. System sounds really cute. A culture sounds cute. I like a good culture, but you can have both of those and no talent and still accomplish nothing. Remember back when they didn't want to pay Le'Veon Bell? And I I thought it was a good idea that they pay Le'Veon Bell? Well, if you look at what Le'Veon Bell has done this year and James Conner's done this year, spoiler alert, Le'Veon Bell's better. Now, they're both 0-3, so that's fine. But Sam Darnold's been out, and you've had Big Ben for two weeks. Like, Juju's great. That's fine. James Conner's fun. I like Mason Rudolph. That's all great. But they're not Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, and Ben Roethlisberger. It's just – I know the Steelers thought that this was going to be the year that they prove everybody wrong with that they don't need those guys, and that's just – it's just not true. Like, you you needed them, and you needed to win a championship when all three of them were there. And we all know what's happened with Antonio Brown. I get it. But you had the three of them there working together, actually liking each other, and you weren't able to win a Super Bowl. Now they're all gone. Now, Ben is obviously still there. He's going to be gone for a year. He's going to come back. He's not going to be the same. It's like, that's just how it's going to work. So I've been saying it. They're not going to win another championship with Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Tomlin together. I don't know what's going to happen moving forward. I, I, I don't think Mason Rudolph is the guy. I know I'm saying that after one game, but. How, how long do you think they'll keep Tomlin, though? Because, like, if this was any other organization, you'd be like, yeah, 0-3, you know, a couple bad seasons. See you later. But it's the Steelers. He's, like, their third coach ever. To me, I mean. 0-3 oh, is, is an absolute disaster for the Steelers. It's a disaster. There's no other and way they, to put it. And they should have beat the Niners this week. Yeah, the, 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 the 49ers the were demanding that, that you win that game. And Here's you were not ball. about that winning life. They, Here's they, the ball again. They insisted that you win the game. Here's and the you ball were like, again. Uh, yeah. no, I will not. Yeah. <laughs> I will not take the dub. Sorry. I'm above it. It's an L for us this week. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, it's just what it is. Like, yeah. I, I don't... It's probably too soon to say on Mason Rudolph, but I just don't think he has the talent around him at this point to carry it. It's a disaster they're starting 0-3. To your question, Tomlin's fine. The Steelers are not in the firing coach's business, which they shouldn't. But it's a full reset now, and that's not going to happen because Ben's going to come back next year. So it's just going to be a couple more years of this. And, uh, you know, I'm disappointed. And now my football life is just an abysmal mess. And, you know, this is what I get. For you, got, the- <laughs> you, got, you got two chances to go defeated this year, Joy. Yeah. I, I'm taking L's all over the NFL this year. The worst team in NFL history in the Dolphins. And now I don't know what's going to happen with the Steelers. Speaking of AB, um, I'll keep this short. But Heike, he is done for now in the NFL. I think he gets another – he gets signed with another team. But, Loki, what was the point of that with the Patriots? Like, it's, it's pretty clear that cutting him was a PR move for the Patriots to let him go, and I'm just trying to figure out what the whole point of it is. Like, you really needed him for the Dolphins game? Like, you, you felt like... Does he get a ring if they win the Super Bowl? I think he does, yeah. That's not ideal. That is incredibly ironic, actually. Especially considering what's going on with the Steelers. I just I don't want to get into everything that's happened with AB because there's no point in discussing it. it and, and I just don't I don't talk about off the field stuff with players anymore um, until we hold everyone to that standard. But these like the Patriots had to know what was going on. These things are not quiet. Uh, information is is the high is the most valuable currency in the world. Not just in sports, in politics, in our business. Like inform if you have valuable information you have leverage and I just I don't understand how the Patriots signed him not knowing this was going on and then once you did know it was going on you still kept him on for a game so why why are you cutting him now like he's not I don't understand what the point of all of that was uh I don't get it and it didn't help them in any way it's just an extra distraction for their the whole team and I'm I'm still trying to understand what happened loser power rankings loser power rankings these are the losers of the week all right, Michigan is a loser this week. They lost to Wisconsin 35 to 14, took that Woof. thumping. Yeah, aside from stealing several hours of my Saturday with that week's shit, 
I don't know what is going on in Michigan. They're one and six on the road against ranked opponents in the Harbaugh era. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to get fired. Maybe. I don't know. Does he want to get fired? He might want to get fired. They just looked – they looked terrible. They looked terrible. Wisconsin – Wisconsin thumped that ass like it was an embarrassment. And that's how, but how Wisconsin played is how Jim Harbaugh teams usually play. Yeah, I don't know what I, I don't know what he's out there spreading it out with the transfer quarterbacks and the whole thing. And he in the press conference like saying you got out coached and all that stuff. Like anybody trying to hear that? You need real answers for what's really going on in Michigan, and and no one really knows. Next on the losers is Cowboy haters. It's just your weekly reminder that I'm right about the Cowboys. I'm going to continue to be. They're real good. Super Bowl. They are really good. Uh, I don't care about that first half against Miami. They, they're they going to the Super Bowl. They're the winners. They're the winners. So that's just, just a weekly reminder. Um, they play the Saints this week, so I don't know. We'll see what happens next week. But right now I'm still right. Okay. Finally, I don't know what is going on. What I might be wrong about is the Eagles winning the division because the Eagles are not winning. What's happening? What's happening with your Eagles? Everyone's hurt. Everyone's hurt? Did they forget how to catch balls, though? They did seven drops. They did provide us with some excellent internet content, though. Uh, the, the local hero that was catching babies out oh of a burning building gosh. and then also took the time to remind us that Aguilar is not catching uh, uh, football <laughs> was some of the best video on the internet this week. So Philadelphia. It was Just so Philly. So Philly. It was perfect. And, uh, and, and Aguilar, it was so perfect, in fact, that Aguilar <laughs> even respected it. Like, yeah. I, he, he reached out to him, like, tweeted, and was like, I want to bring him to a game. Um, which is cool of him, like, to knock him out about that. Because, you, you know, you did drop the ball, so. Yeah. <laughs> but just for that guy in his moment, they're putting him on TV to just dap him up and tell him how great he did. And he just spun it and back to that's a pretty ne- awesome thing to do to he, catch kids out of yeah, a building. And he's, like, and he's, I, 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 that's, like, that's some and, movie stuff. And he spun it back to hating players yeah. on his own sports team. Is there anything more Philly it's than so, that? There's nothing more Philadelphia than that. All right, and the Migos culture report this week. Uh, speaking of Migos, Cardi B was unfortunately attached to some information that Takashi 69 decided to uh, release in court. So this is just my my feeling on the situation. Um, stop snitching. Um, very anti-snitches. And also, you should probably stop clout chasing while you're at it i've always hated takashi 69 i just kind of kept my opinion about him to myself because i wasn't sure if i was being an old person and hating him and it turns out no i'm not an old person i'm just right he sucks he's the worst ever and i I, i'm validated again it's just i'm constantly right about everything and he's just the worst like he's the worst look he is the worst he's the worst He's always been the worst. I just knew he was the worst, and I should have yep. told everybody he's the worst, yep. and then we could have all avoided yep. having to deal with the worstness that he is. Yep. He's the worst. Yep. You don't just wake up one day and become a gangster, and this is a perfect example of why. Yeah, and, you know, he didn't do any services for people who believe that face tattoos or crazy hair don't make you stand out in a bad way because, I mean, he just... He sucks. Yeah. That's my official opinion on it. Like, quote me if you want to. He, he's he's the worst. Did he did he throw your name in there at all, or he just, he, he just I mean, just Jim not, Jones and not Cardi? Not smart. Yeah. Not to be smart. I'm I'm not to be snitched on. He's the he's the worst. Uh, that's been everywhere this week, so we just had to mention that. Um, in 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 a more positive note, I, I woke up on a Tuesday morning today, and uh, and what am I greeted with? I'm greeted with um Adam Sandler realness. Okay, so. Whoa. I had no idea this was even a thing. Had you known about this? Had anyone nope. known that this yes. was in the works? You did? Finally, yes. Jeremy! <laughs> how do you how do you have this knowledge? What do you mean? Is it like an underground? Casey Musgraves tweeted about it, oh, so he okay, was that aware. Funny. No. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> that, that could be a good drop for us. <laughs> how did you know this was in the works? I mean, just film news. Film I like news? the directors a lot. I've been following them for a while. Uh, they don't miss. So this is gonna be. Oh, this what is, they, this what is they gonna shoot, be some heat, right? What now. they shoot and make okay. with before? Uh, good time with Robert Pence and. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well. Is that like the fourth? Uh, what was the <laughs> Dracula movie he was in? Okay, yeah. it's yeah. not. It'll, it'll, <laughs> Twilight's what you were looking for. Yeah. I really like Twilight. Twilight. Actually, I'm pissed. Yeah, of course. I'm Twilight pissed. I couldn't remember. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For um, sure. I anyway, sparkle in the sunlight also. I, I, and I'm completely blanking on what those creatures are right now because my brain's starting to not work. Werewolves? 
Nope, not vampires. Vampires. Um, anyway, the name of the movie is Uncut Gems. Adam Sandler plays a Jewish jeweler. Mike Francesa plays a bookie. Kevin Garnett plays himself. And Dina Menzel, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, The Weekends. Um, what, what did uh, what did John Travolta call Dina Menzel? Adele Dazine. Adele Dazine is in this movie. Okay, it's it, it it's some big onion flex out of Sandler because Sandler does a really good job of doing movies uh, on beaches that are romantic comedies with awesome uh, co-stars, and then all of a sudden he drops this thunder monster on us. Like, just take that and enjoy it. I mean, look at look at the preview of this movie. Mike Francesa plays a bookie. He curses. No one who has ever seen a sporting event or has heard a sound come out of radio in New York is not going to see this movie. Everyone's going to see it. And the best part of it is that Adam Sandler's going to Debo Brad Pitt out of an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> My mama got me to spacesuit. Yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> it's so going to happen. I can't. I can't. Look at it. Look at it. It's, it's just beautiful it's gonna be so good Did, and it's just such a it's such an absolute flex by sandler because he, every, he is school? so disrespected like, that's what i'm saying like he's like gained weight right like he's yeah he, he got a hand fat this, <laughs> I'm hand fat. it's gonna i'm so excited for this movie i can't believe that i was completely slept on when it came to this so that's our preview for uncut gems kevin garnett i i, I can't wait to see that it's gonna be so good it looks amazing. Anything's if it possible. disappoints, I'm going to be very upset. But it looks like it's it's getting Oscar buzz already, which is why it's totally like he's totally winning the Oscar, and Brad Pitt's going to be out of it. It's going to be hilarious. When you can cut between a shot of Adam Sandler and Lakeith Stanfield, and nothing looks weird, like oh. they pulled it off. It looks Look in the pre- yeah, it looks great. I can't wait. I, c- I can't wait to see this. I just randomly on a Tuesday, we're just going to drop this on you. Yeah. My, and Mike Francesca is going to kill it. I mean, we he's just, playing himself we playing a bogey, this. right? Yeah. We deserve this movie. We really do. All right, thanks for joining us this week. Thank you to Schlereth coming by and telling us really gross stories. If you see Schlereth in the airport, he's not, well, he is being weird, but he's just changing because he doesn't want to fly in a suit. That's what's really going on in the airport bathroom. Hopefully he's not just doing that in the uh, the, the, <laughs> the runways there <laughs> by the uh, Panda Express. Um, thanks to him for joining us. Always great to have him on. Make sure you follow us on our social media pages at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod and subscribe at the Maybe I'm Crazy Podcast on YouTube. We're on iHeartMedia app. We are on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I'm forgetting something. YouTube. That's it. That's everything. You can find us in one of those places. Just if you type in Maybe I'm crazy on youtube no even maybe i'm crazy is like the third one we climb we're climbing thank you for that and shout out to the maybe i'm crazy fantasy football league i think i won again this week i I can't keep track because i did win because i won two and i lost one i lost my uh all women's league got thumped in that one i got off the schneid i'm no longer defeated oh so i'm feeling good about it nice did someone come through for you this week yeah but i don't remember who it was really dedicated yeah really we're really into it we'll get hey we'll get going I picked up Philip Rivers this week because Drew Brees is my quarterback. Philip Brees, Philip Rivers was just a Vales. Yeah, I know it's weird, right? Wow, I guess we're not the only ones sleeping on our own fantasy league. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I had to scoop him because they're playing the Dolphins this week, and uh, Derek Carr was not was Yo, not the guy. They could lose that. Yeah, they could because of the because of the Chargers. They're the Chargers, and the Dolphins are the Dolphins, but they're the Chargers. I, that's it is. If you have the gambling type, you might want to be careful on that one. Um, but anyway, thanks for joining us this week, and we'll catch you next week. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Ooh.